book of Acts. Acts chapter number 20, please. Acts in chapter number 20. And it's good to be in church this morning. Aren't you glad you're able to be in church? Do you remember, I don't want to slide back too far here, but do you remember when you couldn't meet? Yeah. This is good. We're able to meet together on a Sunday morning as it should be. Amen. Last Sunday, I had the blessing of being here the two weeks in a row. This is wonderful for me. I'm enjoying it. Well, and I preached on the, uh, talked about the, the local church, what the book of Revelation says about the local church in this day and time and so on. And I gave some instruction about what we should do as a local church. Now I'm back this week, Brother Kevin, and I'm a little bit concerned because we talked about, you know, all the things we should talk about, salvation, and we should talk about separation, and we should talk about all that kind of stuff that the local church should do. This morning, I'm listening to the announcements. We're talking about ice cream and chocolate. And then a picture of the pastor sitting in the backyard on a Sunday morning <laughs> saying nice things about everybody. I, I'm, Mrs. Turner, is everything okay? No. I, listen, I understand. I, uh, you, you don't, you don't want to be where the pastor is uh, this morning. <laughs> you don't want to be in a position where you can't get to church, where you have some aches and pains, and where you do not know the future. You don't want to be there. So... We'll pray for him, but you're here, so God bless you for that. And uh, so this morning, last Sunday's message obviously wasn't all that effective, so I'm going to take a little bit of a different direction this morning. Still using the Bible, okay? Don't, don't get worried. Some of you are looking kind of funny at me. But um, just some, some truths that I think will be helpful to you. You know, everybody, remember that word, everybody in life, everybody in life experiences difficulties they do not anticipate and they do not expect. That is life. People say sometimes, and I, I've, I've pastored for a number of years, but my wife and I have been in the work of the ministry for over 50 years, and uh, people will say, well, that's just not fair. Who said life was fair? I mean, life is a blessing. Being a Christian is a blessing. But the truth is, we live in a sinful world. We live in a sinful, we have a sinful nature. And so understand, things are going to come, and that's why, that's why you need the Lord Jesus Christ in your life, and you need the Word of God that will help you through. I like to think of this, uh, this book as, of course, everybody knows now what a GPS is. Well, this, is, this book is God's positioning system, amen? And so it will, it will help you negotiate through the trials and tribulation and the unexpected. Also, something else, I, I'm thankful for... Uh, individuals of the past. I think, of course, my, my father has been in heaven now for over 20 years. He's a hero to me. Uh, I'm realizing the longer I live in my senior years now, I realize how strong and how full of wisdom my own father was because he wholly followed the Lord. And I encourage you to do that and do, do not hesitate to take wisdom from those who are aged, those who are older, those who have been there. And we say, been there, done that. But do not hesitate because they've already been through. And we're going to look at a Bible example this morning of the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul was a warrior. 
He's a hero. And I'll be honest with you. I would not want to be standing behind the Apostle Paul at the judgment seat of Christ. I don't want to be standing there when Apostle Paul is talking about what he's done for the cause of Christ. And I say, well, you know, one time I had a, I had a splinter in my finger and couldn't make it out to church. I don't want to be there. But this man has a, a great lesson for us. And yes, we will not... We will not measure up to the Apostle Paul. By the way, you're not supposed to. We don't compare ourselves to others. You are you. Your life is your life. Your story is your story. However, you can learn some things from those who have been through the test of life and came out on the other side. What did he say at the last, at the, at the, at the closing time? I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. Listen to this. I have kept the faith. Faith in God, faith in the things of God, faith in the Word of God, faith in the work of God, faith in the wisdom of God. He said, I have kept the faith. Henceforth, there is set before me a crown. And that's what we're after, amen. That's what we, uh, we're all about in this day and time. So please uh, watch as I read along. We'll pray, and then we'll get into the message. Uh, chapter number 20, and please look at verse number 22. And the Bible says, And now, behold... I go bound in the Spirit unto Jerusalem. Well, what a way to be bound. Uh, bound in the Spirit of God to Jerusalem, doing what God would have him do. And look, look what it says here. And not, and, and not knowing the things that, be, uh, that shall befall me there. He said, I'm on my way. I'm, I'm living in the Spirit. I don't know what's going to happen. But what I do know is, number one, I'm on my way. Number two, I'm depending on the Lord. And then he says, save that the Holy Ghost witnesseth in every city, saying that bonds and afflictions abide me. So you know what he's saying here? He said, I'm, I'm going. I know that there will be challenges. I know there will be difficulties. I'm going in the power and the demonstration of the Holy Spirit of God. And then look what he says. And I love this. And this is where the message is found this morning. Just a few words of verse number 24. But none of these things move me. Neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy, and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify of the gospel of the grace of God. I want us to think for a few moments on these words, but none of these things move me. Did you get it? None of these things move me. Let's bow in a word of prayer. Gracious Heavenly Father, this morning I pray that you would do that which only you can do, that you'd, you'd capture our attention You'd capture our, uh, our, our spirit this morning. You'd capture uh, our, uh, our desire uh, to, to live for you, although there are some, I'm sure, that sit in this room and, and uh, have burdens uh, beyond our own understanding in their lives. And, Lord, yet here we have the Apostle Paul, one who had a life of difficulty all the way through in his Christian life, and yet he made the statement, that none of these things will move him. I pray you to help us to have that same type of spirit that we may accomplish, not what the Apostle Paul accomplished, but we may accomplish what you have for us to accomplish, that I may accomplish what you have for me to accomplish, not my brother, not my sister, uh, not my friends, but for me. I pray you to help me to have that spirit that I might be... Uh, uh, Number one, that I might serve you. Number two, that I might be helpful to others. But most importantly, that I might please you, for it's in your name I pray. Amen. 
None of these things move me. Let me give a bit of context to that. This is Arbo and I chose uh, when, when, when I retired. Um, we moved to the country. We live in the Abbotsford area. And we have, a, because we have a bit of a piece of property there, have an acreage, we have animals on the property. We have this morning, I think there are probably, I think there's 97 uh, uh, egg-laying hens. There are some meat hens. Uh, there are some ducks. There are some alpacas. And there was at one time, no longer a resident there, there was at one time a donkey, a donkey named Amigo. And he wasn't, if you know what Amigo means. He wasn't friendly. But he lived on our property. And he and I got along fine. We, uh, we, we shared some things together. We both are a bit stubborn. And we both like to do some things that maybe are unusual. But one, uh, one day, I was having to bring, he likes to eat, so one day I'm having to bring home a load of hay for the animals. And of course, we have to keep everything gated on the property. And so I pulled up to a gate. I have in the back of the pickup truck, I have a huge load of hay. That's his feed back there. He comes up to the gate. He's a smaller donkey. He comes up to the gate, this big gate, and he's staring at me um, through the fence, through the gate. I'm driving a Ram, Dodge Ram Hemi pickup truck. It sounds powerful, it is powerful, and it looks powerful. I'm right up to the gate, right up to the nose of the, right up to, very close to the gate. He's looking at me. I blow the horn, because I gotta open the gate. I'm not gonna open it while he's close by. I blow the horn. He didn't flinch, nothing. I, I leaned out the window and I said, Amigo, back off. He didn't move a muscle. I get out, I walked over, I flicked him on the ear. I said, Amigo, move out of the way. He did not move. I opened the gate, I revved up the truck, I put, I put the, the four-way flashers on, I did all that I could to try and get his attention to say, hey, I'm coming through this gate. I'm coming through, you need to move out of the way. Not one muscle flinched. He stood there, this donkey stood there and glared at me and refused to move. Finally, I had to go around the fence and, uh, well, I won't say what I did then, but I went around the fence and I moved him to the side a little bit. And as I'm moving him to the side, this particular verse comes to mind. It's interesting how the Lord can bring something to your attention. None of these things move me. And I thought, if I, I said, I, I, in, in my mind, I said that that, that that time, I said, Lord, please help to for me to have the tenacity of this donkey to not let things deter me and sidetrack me and move me out of the way. Now, you, the truth is, you'll remember the story. You won't remember the message. You'll remember the story about Amigo, but that's okay because the focus needs to be there. He refused a little donkey. He refused to move. I had to physically get out and move him. But let me say that that's the way you and I ought to be in this life, toward our, our, our life, toward uh, our, our faith, our life toward the Lord Jesus Christ and the life toward the future because you do not know what the future holds but you do know who holds the future. Now, I want to look at several scripture verses, a very short outline this morning, but a long introduction, and I'll move along rather quickly. So here the Apostle Paul has written some things about, okay, first of all, he said, he said, but none of these things move me. Has a thought ever come to you that you'd like to say, Paul, hold it, Paul, what things are you talking about? None of these 
things move me. What are you talking about, Paul? None of these things. Paul, what a man. What a missionary. What a preacher. He was not, he was not boasting. He was not uh, braggadocious or proud when he said, I'm just not going to move for anybody. There are people like that in the world, amen? There are people that are sort of, uh, they're sort of stuck on themselves, you know, and say, well, nobody can challenge me. That's what the, this silly donkey was like. I mean, little donkey, big truck. He said, I'm not moving for nobody. Well, he did move. However, he's not bragging. This is, this is written by the Holy Spirit of God, the words we have here. So it's a message for, uh, for everybody in this room. It's a message that we're told about what the Apostle Paul did. He's not boasting. He said, none of these things move me. So let's look at, well, Paul, what are these things? Well, let's look at several of them. Then we'll move right along with the message. First of all, I direct your attention to verse number 24. Verse number 24, he says, But none of these things move me, neither count of my life dear unto myself, that I might finish my course with joy in the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify of the gospel of the grace of God. First of all, the apostle Paul said, this will not move me from my purpose. My purpose, and by the way, your purpose, is that last phrase in that verse, to testify the gospel of the grace of God. So what am I saying? Nothing ought to move us from that. It doesn't matter. You say, well, you don't know, you don't know my past. Doesn't matter. You don't know my challenges. Doesn't matter. Uh, you don't know the, uh, the difficulty I have. Doesn't matter. You don't know the difficulty I have speaking to other people. Doesn't matter. That's his purpose right there. And so then look at verse number 27, please. Verse number 27. Uh, For I have not shunned to declare unto you all the counsel of God. So the Apostle Paul here would not be moved from his purpose. Number two, he'd not be moved from his preaching. Aren't you glad this morning? Somebody ought to say amen here. Aren't you glad this morning that you have a pastor who stands with authority and preaches from the Word of God? Not pussyfooting, not his thoughts, not his, uh, uh, not, not his, <laughs> his dreams and his passions, but from the Bible, giving instructions, because you will, you will be pushed on that. You will be. Say, so you, you, uh, you, you, you Baptists, or you independent Baptists, you're either strong on the Word of God. It's all you say, Bible, Bible. It's all you talk about. Bible, you're a Bible thumper. You know, that's all you talk about. No, we speak the Word of God as it's given to us. And the Apostle Paul said, none of these things will move me from my preaching. Then look at verse number 26. Wherefore, I take you to record this day that I'm pure from the blood of all men. Nothing, Paul said this, he said, nothing will move me from my personal witnessing. It doesn't matter what it costs. It doesn't matter if I'm nervous. It doesn't matter if someone slams a door in my face. I don't think, Mrs. Arbaugh, I don't think I've ever, I guess you've had that happen maybe once or twice. I've never had that happen. I'm such a nice guy. Nobody, that's not true. <laughs> but the, the, the truth is, we, we worry about things, but the Apostle Paul said, he said, none of these things will move me from, from my preaching. None of these things will move me from my purpose in life. None of these things will move me uh, from my personal witness. And look at number, uh, number four, look at verse number 20. The Bible says, and how I kept back nothing that was profitable unto you and showed you and have taught you publicly and from house to house. The apostle Paul would not be moved from his, get this now, not be moved from his program. His program was to teach, verse number 20. Let's look at it again here. He said, I've kept back nothing that was profitable for you. I've showed you from the word of God and I've taught you publicly. And not only have I showed you and taught you or taught you and showed you publicly, but I'll come to your house. 
I'll come to your house and teach you. It doesn't matter. Just because, just because I've got, uh, uh, I got a bad back, just because I, I, got a, uh, I got a sore knee this morning, just because I got a sore knee, I'm not, just because, hey, just because your neighbors hate me, that's not going to stop me from coming. Now, he was not belligerent or unkind. All I'm saying is he had that, whatever you want to call it, that is stick-to-itiveness a word, I think it is. And so he said, listen, none of these things move me. Verse number 24, we started out with that. None of these things move me. And then look at verse number 19. Maybe this will start to hit closer to home. Serving the Lord with all humility of mind, and look at this, and with many tears and temptations. Hey, who in this room, raise your hand in this room if you've never shed tears. Every one of us have shed tears. Every one of us have. Did you know there's a difference between crying and weeping? Weeping is something that gets a hold of the, the heart, something that gets a hold of the life. Crying, sometimes we cry when we slam our finger in the door. And uh, that's okay, you can do that. But he's saying, listen, weeping doesn't stop me. Weeping endureth for a period of time, but joy cometh in the morning, the Bible says. So understand, even, okay, whatever it, whatever it was that made the Apostle Paul weep, he didn't let that affect him. Now, weeping is real. I don't want to be unkind this morning and appear to be heartless, but the truth is we weep. We weep when, when, when others sorrow. We weep at the loss of a loved one. We weep at the, at the loss of possessions. We weep at, uh, at the, uh, about health issues. We weep about maybe about financial issues. There's so many things in life we weep about, but the truth is, yeah, go ahead and weep. God gave us the ability to weep, but don't let that don't let that affect your testimony, your purpose, and what God has for you. Move on. Weep for a while and then move on. And you will maybe carry that weeping with you. Can I make this statement? Listen to this. There are some things in life, a lot of folks are, are, are wrong when they, when they think, when they say to you, oh, get over it. You know what, Brother Kevin? There's some things in life we will never get over. You can't get over the loss of a loved one. You can't get over that. How do you do that? I mean, everywhere you go, everything you hear, everything you look at reminds you perhaps of someone you've lost in life. Uh, we lost, I lost my sister-in-law this past week. She's gone to be with Jesus now, and I'm, I'm, I'm glad she's there, but you weep. But do not let that affect your life. It's okay, I'm going to, I know people, I've pastored long enough, to, I know people that have, have dropped out of church because something has happened in their life and they've wept about it. And they said, well, I had a lady say to me one time who attended our church years ago. She said, my mother was sick. I prayed for you to heal my mother. You didn't heal my mother. God, I'm not going to go to church. I'm not going to read the Bible. I'm not going to pray because you could have healed my mother. Well, the truth is God knows best. God's in control. God's in charge. And we are to, we to, are to simply accept the will of God. Hey, God's ways are the best ways. God's ways are the right ways. I'll trust in Him always. He knows what's best. That's, that's a song, but it, it's from, written from the Word of God. So understand, yes, weeping will come, and you can cry, and you can sorrow. Now, I made this statement. People say, get over it. There's some things that you cannot get over, but listen to this, but with God's help, you can get through. It ought not to stop you. Uh, Isaiah chapter 43, the Bible speaks of the fact that God made a way when there was no way. And this, this morning, simply this. If I said to you, okay, folks, I'm leaving, and I walk toward that wall, 
like I'm going through the wall. And it just passed on through that wall and said, my soul, where did he go? God makes a way. God made a way through the wilderness. God made a way through the water for the children of Israel. God made a way through the river Jordan. God made a way, hey, God made a way to make water come out of a rock. How many times have you seen that recently? So what I'm saying is there's some things you'll never get over, but you can get through them if you allow God to lead you. So when weeping comes, don't let that, don't let that, uh, uh, don't let that take control of your life. And then also, very interesting, uh, look at uh, verse number uh, 19 again. The Bible says here, I uh, better turn back to the right portion. The Bible says in verse number 19, serving the Lord with all humility of mind and with many tears and, looks, and temptations which befell me by the lying in wait of the Jews. Wow. So here we find that trials and temptations did not deter him. Matter of fact, the Apostle Paul in, in Galatians chapter 6, he said, I bear, listen to this, I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus Christ. But understand that, hey, if this morning you knew, now, I'm sure, I hope this is not applying to anybody here this morning, but if you knew that you were going to come to uh, Wedgwood, to the Anchor Baptist Church, and you knew someone was behind the building with a gun and they were going to shoot you or try to kill you or try to cause you harm, would you come here? The Apostle Paul said, it doesn't matter. I'm going through. He, remember the first verse we read? He said, I'm going to Jerusalem, and I don't listen. I don't know what will befall me. I, get, no, I, I know I have enemies out there. I know my life is at risk. But he said, I'm going in the power of the Holy Spirit. And listen, here we go again with our text. None of these things move me. I'm going to do it. Hmm. Interesting, huh? Opposition did not move him. He was opposed by the Jews. <laughs> they uh, they uh, tried to kill him more than once. Look at verse number 22. And now, behold, I go bound into the Spirit into Jerusalem, not knowing what shall befall me. I just mentioned that a while ago. But listen to this statement. Future danger did not stop him. Knowing that, oh, my soul. I don't know about you. I don't like going to the dentist. Anybody here likes going to the dentist? My, my dentist's name is Dr. Payne. <laughs> You'll get that in a minute. <laughs> he said, I just, uh, no, no, no problem. He said, this will be easy. He said, this is a routine checkup. It's just a, a deep cleaning. <laughs> you know, that's, that's not fun. And sometimes we fear that. But the Apostle Paul said, pain, it's not, I'm not going to let that stop me. I'm not going to let future danger uh, stop me. I'm just not going to let it happen. Look at verse number 33. And the Bible says, I have coveted no man's silver, nor gold, nor apparel. Listen to this. This is a good one for us here in Burnaby, British Columbia, Canada. He said, I'm not going to let it stop me that everybody else has more than me. Yep. Yes, I should say. I'm not going to let that stop me. We live, as I mentioned, we live in the country. Our neighbor next door to us has a really nice house, manicured lawns. Uh, the, um, there, there's a family that lives there, and the older man is a collector of uh, uh, what do you call it? classic cars. He has, for those of you who are fans of that, he has, he has a dozen 
Corvettes in the barn there. And uh, back in the late 50s, early 60s, immaculate. So I'm out in the Sunday morning, I'm out in the yard, I got booster cables from my tractor to the car to get the car started because I'm going to church. He's over there, he's got the, he's, they got a, a pool out in the yard with ducks swimming around in the pool and so on. And he's over there with the music playing and the, the Corvette running and the, the ducks swimming in the pool and his boat parked in the backyard and, and all of this. And I'm over there and I, I, uh, uh, I, I, I get my car boosted and I drive out the driveway and uh, we keep a lock on our gate at the end of the driveway. and, and uh, Reason it's there is my wife has to keep me in, you know. So, <laughs> no. but with all the and, and I get out there and the key breaks off in the lock. I'm trying to go to church, folks. This guy could care less. Now he's a good neighbor and I love him and have opportunity to witness to him and so on. We're similar ages, and uh, so on. But he could care less about church, God, spiritual things, the Bible. He's living in the lap of luxury. I could say, and I think probably some of my friends have said, and maybe some of your friends, huh, I'm not going to bother with this church stuff anymore. Look at them. They care less about God, and look how they're living. All I'm saying is, I'm being real here, they'll get a hold of you after a while. Yep. So, book of uh, Psalms, Psalm 73, verse 17, you need not turn there. But this is what the man said. He, he went on with the same thing. He said, I look around me. He said, I'm, I, I'm, I'm living righteous, but it doesn't seem to pay off. And he said, everybody has, I'm paraphrasing here, everybody has more than I have. And then he said this. He said, but when I entered into the sanctuary, I found out their end. Okay? My, <laughs> my, ma my mansion's not in the British properties. My mansion's a little higher than that. Okay? I don't, need the, I don't need the British properties or the property tax thereof. I don't need it. So all I'm saying is, there, young people, there will come a time when you're tempted to allow yourself to be drawn away from the purpose of God, the passion of God, the preaching of the Word of God, and the, uh, the personal witness of the Word of God. There will be times you'll be tempted to be drawn away. If you let it, but the Apostle Paul said, he said, none of these things move me. Prosperity. Then, very quickly here, Turn over to 2 Corinthians chapter number 11. 2 Corinthians chapter number 11. And uh, we're just scratching the surface here, but it's necessary that we do some scratching. <laughs> 2 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse number, look at verse number, uh, look at verse number 23. Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more in labors more abundant, in stripes above measure, in prison more frequent, in deaths often. Of the Jews, five times received I forty stripes, save one. That's, a, that's about, a, if my math is right, that's about 195 stripes. Uh, Jesus took that punishment once. Paul took it five times. Think about that. The cat of nine tails with pieces of metal and pieces of glass and and maybe some uh, thorn-type things on there and so on. Beat 39 times, five times. And what does he say about all that? Call the news reporters. I want to talk about this. Let's get this on YouTube. No, he didn't say that. He said, none of these things move me. Shall we read on? Thrice was I beaten with rods. And by the way, that, 
that what, when he says beaten with rods, that wasn't a willow branch. Something pretty rigid, something was painful. How many in this room have said, you can honestly say before God, you've never had a sore back? I don't think our hands are going up. We all, have, all God's children have back problems to one degree or another. But this guy's beaten on the back with a rod. And, and verse, the rest of the verse here, once I was stoned, and that's not, what you, that's not Mark Emery's idea of stoning. Don't, please don't look that up on, on Google. But all I'm saying, it's not what we understand stoning to be nowadays, or being stoned with boulders, rocks thrown at him. Matter of fact, he's on another portion of scripture to say, uh, 14 years ago and so on, once I was, I was out of it. I won't go into details there. But, uh, then thrice I suffered shipwreck. You think you learn once. If I go out in a boat and I get into shipwreck once, I'm not going again. Okay? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm gonna, I, was, I was born at night, but not last night. I'm not going again. But this, three times, and what did he say about it? None of these things move me. In journeyings, often in perils of waters, in perils of robbers, in perils by my own countrymen, in perils by the heathen, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, are you following me? In perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren. Boy, this thing. <laughs> oh, you say, well, you know what? If this is the way it is, I'm. If this is, if if if, if I have to compare myself with the Apostle Paul and. Uh, and I, uh, I'm supposed to do that stuff and to be a, an independent Baptist. Frankly, I'll be honest with you. I'm going to go join the Presbyterians. Okay, maybe I shouldn't have said that. I don't know. I'm going to go join the whatever other group you want to fill in there. Okay? Because if, 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 a, if, 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 if you have to be a Bible-believing Baptist to be there, I don't want to go through that. But what did Paul say? He said, none of these things move me. The, the brethren criticized him. His enemies criticized him. In perils, that we read it a few moments ago, in perils of my own countrymen. How would you like that? You know, there's several different nationalities here. And you, you come from another country, and you have friends come from another country, and you are faithful to the Lord here, and your friends from another country, from the same place you are from, uh, start to get on your case and say, oh, you're letting religion take over your life. Yeah. Or uh, us as a group of people. We live in Canada. And you say, well, you know, you're just over the top of this religious stuff. No. He said, none of these things move me. None of these things. Speaks of him fasting here. Verse number 27, I believe it is. In weariness, in painfulness, and in watchings, often in hunger and thirst, and fastings. Now, this wasn't this wasn't some uh, uh, some uh, fast for diet. This wasn't some fast for health reasons. He couldn't get any food. Have you ever been there? I don't know if you have or not. But have you ever been there where you couldn't get anything to eat? Just didn't. Nothing was available. That's where he was right there. Can you imagine? I don't know if you folks in this room anybody eat balut. Can you imagine being without that? Oh. <laughs> ah, yeah. So, after what he went through, his statement was this. None of these things move me. Now, 
I'm only scratching the surface about what happened to the Apostle Paul. No, we're not, we're not there. And unlikely, God forbid, unlikely any of us in this room will ever go through what the Apostle Paul went through. But uh, the Lord, listen, the Lord allowed him to go through that for a reason, that you have hope today. It doesn't matter what you face. You have hope when you understand, here's a man, aged now. He's been through everything that could, <laughs> he, he's on one of the boats he's on. He's on his way from, from A to B, and the boat crashes, and the boat falls apart. He told them not to go in the first place, and people got to shore on pieces of wood. So you know the story. So he, uh, he, he got to land and uh, decided to make a fire. So he went around and gathered up some wood, built himself a fire, and what happened? He built himself a fire to warm himself after almost sinking in the ocean, he built himself a fire. When he started the fire, a snake came out of the fire and bit him. You're looking at me like I'm making this up. It's in the Bible. It's in your King James Bible. So all I'm saying, we, we won't measure up, and we don't have to measure up. You, you have to be what you want to be. But here we go. Let's wrap this up. Somebody say amen. How was it the Apostle Paul could say with uh, with confidence and with authority and with effectiveness, none of these things move me. How on earth could he do that? I can tell you, and it's in the verse we read a few moments ago. Let's look at it. Uh, look, please, back at Acts chapter number 20. Acts chapter number 20, and look at verse number 24. Acts chapter 20 and verse number 24, and we'll wrap this up. Everybody in this room is challenged with something. I'm thinking of your pastor this morning. The, you know, the, the, the unknown is the most difficult thing in life. The unknown, when you don't know. But when you don't know, what you do know is that he knows. So Larry has got to do his job and let God do his job. You know, lots of times we get things really confused as believers, as Christians. We want to do God's job. We want to say, hey, God, uh, fix us up for us. We're, we're telling we're telling God it doesn't work that way. It's interesting. Many times in the Word of God, much of the Word of God, you find that God responds to you. What I'm saying by that, okay, let me give you an example. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So if you, you're first, you call upon Him. He made the way. He made salvation possible. You call on Him, and He'll save you. Understand what I'm saying here. So you, you, do, you do you. You do what you're supposed to do as a believer. You've got a, a book with 66 books contained in here that will tell you what you need to do as a believer and let God do what, what God only can do. How does he do this? There are three things. I like to, I guess if I gave this message a title, it would be The, the Eyes of Paul. When I say eyes, I do not mean these, although Paul had some eye issues, some believe. He said, what a large letter I write. I like the large letters when I get older. I can see them good, large print Bible. I like that. But no, the eyes, I'm talking about me, I, that I, that pronoun right there, I. Verse number 24, let's look at it again. We'll wrap it up here. But none of these things move me. Here we go. Neither count I. My life dear unto myself. 
number one thought is this for the lesson this morning. That Paul could do this because he could say none of these things move me because, listen to this, it was his life. It was, he said, it's, it's my life. Now, can I explain that this morning? Every one of you here, it's your life. You have to answer to God for what you do with your life. Nobody, but nobody, but nobody can do what God has provided for you to do or what God has called you to do. Nobody. It's just you. Understand that. You see, I can only say uh, 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 about, I can only say that about my life. I can't say, my dear wife is here with me this morning, and I'm so glad that she's willing to come to church with me. Probably wouldn't be here if it wasn't for her. I'd be home sitting in a chair in the backyard. No, just kidding. Sorry, Pastor. <laughs> but understand, I, 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 can't, I can't do for my wife what I can do for myself. In other words, God has given me a life. God has given me a purpose. God has given me a plan. That's for me. My name is Larry, so that's for me. And I can only say that about my life. I can't say that about the lives of my uh, life of my wife. I can't say that about the lives of my my children. I have seven grandchildren. Oh, the influence is there, and the witness is there, and the discipline is there, and the correction is there, and the love is there. But the truth is, I can't live their life for them. It's a sad thing when parents try to live lives for their children, or children try to live lives for their parents. Live your own life. Not in a selfish vein, but you, you put Christ first and everything else will fall into place. So the Apostle Paul can say, it's not going to move me because, hey, listen up. It's my life. Amen. I can only do with my life what God has for me to do. Only, you know the saying, only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for, you fill in the blank, Christ will last. That's it. Somebody else can't do what you're supposed to do. Understand that. You can do anything you want with your life. You are a free moral agent. You can, you can, you can choose to serve God or you can choose not to serve God. That is up to you. I got a note here about the, uh, the song. Perhaps you know it. I believe it's in your songbook. Take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, to Thee. Take my moments and my days. Let them flow in ceaseless praise. The, the, the writer of that, uh, that, that song, Francis Havergill, stories told about the, when, uh, when the song was penned, they wrote the third verse, and it said, uh, uh, or second verse, rather, it said, Take my hands and let them move at the impulse of Thy love. Take my feet and let them be swift and beautiful for Thee. And then the following verse, Take my silver and my gold, not a mite would I withhold. They penned the words already. Take, uh, take my silver, that I means your money, folks. Uh, and the individual who wrote the song, the story says, became very convicted and did not complete the song until they got right with God about possessions that they had. You can't give for somebody else. You can only give for yourself. So, question, a question for you to pass this test. Listen to this. Are you giving yourself to God as you ought? If there is anything you would not do for Christ, if he wanted you to, you are not fully surrendered if you would not do it. If you know he wants you to do it. The Lord will, the Lord will equip you for the job he has for you. Amen? 
I hope you believe that this morning. So, it, it, the Apostle Paul said, none of these things move me because it's my life. Secondly, look at the verse again, please. But none of these things will move me, neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy. There's another I right there. So, it's number one, it's my life. Number two, it's my course. It's my course. Paul knew, uh, obviously was familiar with the uh, activities of, of, of Greece and the games and so on, and he, he used some uh, uh, sports references and so on, keeping his body under subjection and things like that. So he knew he lived in that era and that time and that place, so he knew a little bit about that. And a race, understand, there's, a, there's a, a course that you have. Now, you have a life. It's your life. You do with your life what you will. Secondly, you have a course to run. As a Christian, as a believer, you have a course to run. And by the way, that course is not against anybody else. It's, it's against, well, it's against time because you only have three score and ten here. That's what the Bible talks about, some more, some less. But you have a course to run. And you, you run against time, and you, you know what? You run against, i got to say it, you run against Satan. Yeah. Runners, listen to this, I love this. Runners, you have a course to run. If you ever watch, watch the Olympics, you watch, you know, maybe four or six individuals running and so on. Listen to this. Each one of them, folks, when they're running, they got the baton. When they're running, each one of them has their own lane. Stay out of the other person. It's like when you drive, amen? Stay out of the other person's lane. It's your course. It's your race. You run from start to finish where you're supposed to be. We, uh, again, we live in a day where we're, we're trying to help others with the race, maybe. I mean, we're interfering, frankly. But you got a race. you got a job for, for only little bitty you to do. You run in your own lane. That's why, that's why the Apostle Paul said, none of these things move me because it's my life. I can't, I can't do it for Joe. I can't do it for Sally. I can assist. I can encourage. I can pray for and so on. But I've got a race to run. It's my race, and I've got to run in my own lane. I've got to run right where the Lord's putting me. You see, the race, hey, by the way, also, you know what? This is a race that nobody has to lose. You can run your race. You're running against time. You're running against Satan. You can win that race. My course. And then thirdly, finish up with this thought. Look at the verse again, please. But none of these things move me, neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy. So I got a life, I got a course, but there's something else. And the ministry which, there's that word again, I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify of the gospel of the grace of God. So I got a life, I got a course, but I also have a ministry. It's my ministry. That's why he could say, folks, there's no secret here. That's why he could say, I won't let these things move me because I know this is my life. I know this is my course, and I know this is my ministry. And he, he went on to say, I will, I will put forth the gospel of the grace of God. Paul kept from quitting because it was his life, it was his course, it was his ministry. You will be forever challenged all the days of your life in this matter of being a witness and living a separated life. Because you know what? 
we always look at others to see what they're doing. And he said, well, they're such a better Christian than me. You don't, that, that may be true, but you don't know that. All you do, all you ought to do is compare yourself to the Christian you were in uh, September of 2022 as compared to the Christian you are in 2023 September. That's it. Compare yourself with yourself, your progress, your race, and your mission. Again, the Apostle Paul said, none of these things move me. Why could he say that? See, there, there's, it's pretty straightforward. It's your life. That's why you can say that, Paul. It's your race. You live from the time you're born till the time. No, nobody else, careful how I say this, but nobody else can die for you. And I know Jesus died for our sins. I understand that, that we might have eternal life. But nobody else can say, well, listen, I'll die for you. You live on. No, in this life I'm talking about. So you have from start to finish to do what God has for you, the course, and also a ministry. Every, every Christian, I, I, I hope you uh, agree with me on this, every Christian ought to have a spiritual job description. There's something you ought to be doing for the cause of Christ. Sit, uh, reverently and kindly, I say this, but sitting in a seat at church is not serving God. So you ought, there, there ought to be something. And by the way, you say, I just don't know what to do. You talk to the man in the lounge. <laughs> Chair, no. I'm sorry, Brother Turner. No, it's good. But, but you, you talk to the pastor, and the pastor will help guide you. It's, it's your decision. It's your choice. But he, he'll help you with some direction from the Word of God and with prayer. And so I know it. That's what a pastor does. A pastor believes and preaches the Bible. So your best to find your job description, thus you can say, none of these things move me. 